0: Welcome to the Genealogy Gems podcast. It's a show filled with family history, research strategies and techniques, news and entertainment and inspiration. And I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Hello and welcome to Genealogy Gems podcast episode number 227. I am so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. It is March of 2019. And we have lots to talk about in today's episode. Of course, I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I have a, a bit of a frog in my throat. I did quite a bit of talking at Roots Tech 2019. But uh, a podcaster's voice must always rebound, and it certainly is for this episode. Uh, I want to talk to you a bit about what went on at Roots Tech 2019. Even if you didn't go, there was a a lot that happened there that you'll want to know about, because it's things that you're going to be able to take advantage of, and be able to tap into all year long for your genealogical research. So let's jump right into it. First off, I Taught uh, a couple of different classes. I did two formal full-length sessions for Roots Tech. One on video magic, which should be coming soon to premium membership. And also I did my Google search methodology, which of course, you know, is a, a real staple uh, here at Genealogy Gems for how we do our searching online. Uh, I also taught a demo session in the wonderful demo theater that they have at Roots Tech in the exhibit hall on Google Earth for Genealogy. And don't worry if you didn't see that because I actually have the full length class on the website. The demo itself was about 15 minutes, but at genealogygems.com, you can go to the video section in the menu and you can click on Google Earth for Genealogy. Watch that free full length class. It's a ton of fun. It's evolving and people there were very excited about it. So it's always fun to talk about Google Earth and using it for genealogical research and and storytelling really. And the other session I did was in the DNA basics area. Now this was a brand new section of RootsTech this year. One of the things that they got a lot of feedback on last year in addition to some of the, the flow problems that they had just moving people around which this year, they absolutely corrected. So it, it was just phenomenal. People were so happy, so pleased. The experience was just wonderful. And I really did not hear a single complaint, which was tremendous. I'm, you know, kudos to the organizational team. Uh But the DNA Basic Center was added in response to many people who had been attending DNA sessions and just sort of felt left behind. Uh, either they didn't feel like they were grasping the concepts, or maybe it was a little bit over their head, or, or maybe it was just moving very quickly. And it, it can be a little intimidating in class to raise your hand and kind of raise the white flag that says, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't get this. <laughs> or I don't get whatever this particular item is you're talking about. It can be an intimidating situation, even amongst friends. So they created the DNA Basics training area, and it was a very large section within the exhibit hall. And I went there, as many instructors did, and taught about a 20-minute training session. Mine was just DNA Basics in plain English. And it really was. It was just plain, start from square one, let's use plain language, talk about what your options are. Um, my focus is really on informed consent you know, understanding what you're getting into, learning what the elements are of it, the things to consider, the terms, the conditions, what it's being used for, how you're going to get the information, and then making a decision that's best for you, your family, and your family history. And I was really pleasantly surprised at the tremendous response. You know, when I started, there were maybe six people in the seats. And by the end, we had people filling in all around the DNA basic center, a lot of people were standing. And I had many people come up to me afterward and say, wow, thank you for talking about that. I feel like maybe I'm the only one who has concerns or doesn't fully understand, you know, the the terms and conditions or which tests to take and, or what the, the various companies have to offer and kind of how they compare apples to apples. And that's what we did in that session. And people were were really interested. And I think I saw everybody kind of take a deep breath and go, oh, okay, now I think I know where to enter this. And I know what I'm getting into. And I know what the questions are to ask. So that's just hugely rewarding for me as an instructor. And if it takes away some of the guesswork, you know, I didn't attempt to tell people you should or you should not test. That was not the purpose. The purpose was really... Helping you start from square one, really understand what the options are and making an informed decision that's best for you. So I really want to thank Roots Tech and all the organizers who made that available, who responded to the needs of the attendees and who invited me because I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed teaching that session and uh hearing from everybody afterwards. Also at RootsTech, of course, there were keynote addresses, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of sessions that you could go to, um, there was the exhibit hall, and many, many announcements. And of course, the biggest companies amongst us in the genealogy industry were making lots of announcements, they've really kind of, they kind of hang on to a lot of things and really use RootsTech as the launch pad for so many of these. And of course, two of the genealogy giants, as we call them here at uh, Genealogy Gems, we had Ancestry and MyHeritage, both had multiple announcements. So let's run through these real quick so that you can get a, a good sense of what's out there, what's coming, and what you can start using right away. First up, let's talk about Ancestry. They had several different items that they wanted to address uh at RootsTech this year. In their announcements, they started by acknowledging historical records, uh genealogical historical records, which of course are of great interest to all of us. And we announce each Friday here at Genealogy Gems what the newest releases are, whether there are updates to collections or whether they're new collections. And, and you'll see that article in our weekly newsletter. If you're getting the newsletter, be sure you get the newsletter, right? <laughs> um, but they did kind of recap that most recently, they have Ancestry has released 5 million Mexico Catholic records, and 1 million new France census and birth, marriage and death records. And they also had several projects in the US as well. They also at Tech released the US World War II draft cards from seven different states um, that their scanning team has been working on at the National Archives in St. Louis. And the fact that those are almost complete. And that means by early next year that the full set of World War II draft cards, all 33 million will be exclusively available on Ancestry and their other website Fold3. But one of the main announcements that they made was not really about new records themselves, but about how to work with records on the website. And they've announced the launch of My Tree Tags. And this new feature allows you to add tags to people in your family tree to indicate whether your research on them is confirmed or verified, or the tag could record personal details. Something like, I'm never married. That could be a tag. You could also create your own custom tags to note that a person immigrated from Denmark or that they worked as a blacksmith. Um, you can even use filters as you search your tree to see everyone with the same tag. Uh, My tree tags is one way that they want to kind of help you save time and enrich your ancestor profile. Prior to Tech, they had a, a call for many of us in the genealogy industry, and we had a chance to see this. And um, we, you know, several of us, in fact, I was one of them, made some um, suggestions about how they could use tags. And I think we can take a kind of a clue from how Evernote uses their tagging system. You know, we don't have to think of a tag as just a description of that individual. But it could also be a tag used for what your um, next step is you know, what the process is in your research. So many times we have to stop right in the middle of something. And it could be really helpful to tag somebody as here's the next step to take with that person. Uh, This person's information is pending, you know. So be thinking about that, be thinking about particularly if you're an Evernote user, how you use tags in Evernote. Uh, I know I talk about in my Evernote classes on premium e-learning membership, that we use tags for things like tagging notes with surnames, which of course, you wouldn't necessarily have to do in Ancestry. But in Evernote, we tag surnames and locations and timeframes and record types, but also action to be taken. And so be thinking about kind of outside the box, how you could use particularly Ancestry's custom tags to help your workflow, right? To help you be more efficient. Also new with Ancestry is the new and improved DNA matches. Now they've redesigned the DNA matches experience to try to help you make more discoveries more quickly. So now you can easily sort, group, and view your DNA matches any way that you'd like to. New features include color coding and custom labeling, offering you more control over how you group and view your matches, Quick identification of your newest matches, and new ways to filter your matches. So that's the new and improved DNA matches and ancestry. The other item that they announced was called through lines. And I think this is the one they were really excited about. Um, They say in their press release, they know that you've spent valuable time trying to determine how you are related to your DNA matches. And they want to help make this effort more efficient. So through lines shows you the common ancestors who likely connect you to your DNA matches. And of course, that's one of the things that you do, right? You look at your best match in your list, you start with them, and you're trying to determine who's the shared ancestor, where do we connect up in the tree. That way, you might be able to share information, right? Share photographs, that kind of thing. Well, through lines is going to show you, at least attempt to show you the common ancestors that who likely connect to that DNA match, and its goal is to give you a simple and clear view on how you're related. So when you link your public or private searchable family tree to your ancestry DNA results, new chapters of your family story may be revealed. Through lines will roll out gradually to all customers who qualify, and that was as of RootsTech in March of 2019. So For more information, I'll have a link in the show notes for you for this episode number 227. You can find the show notes. If you're listening in our app, just scroll down, you'll see the show notes all typed up for you there. If you are in a podcast app like Google Play or Apple Podcasts, uh, you'll see some show notes there as well. But the uh, full screen show notes, you can go to genealogygems.com, click on podcasts in the menu and click the link for episode 227. There you will find the show notes. So a big emphasis on DNA and helping you find uh, who your shared ancestors are with your best matches, help you get more new and improved DNA matches. Uh, Of course, all of this is kind of based on the information that's already on their website. And as you'll see, as we move on to talking about MyHeritage's website, Announcements. They too are focused on many of the same things, and of course, these hints and matches are really based on the quality of the material that's already on the website. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. But my heritage has certainly been busy, and they made many important announcements at RootsTech this year. So one of them was around auto clusters, and this is a new genetic genealogy tool that groups together. DNA matches that likely descend from common ancestors in a very compelling kind of visual chart. Uh, It's an easy to use tool, helps you explore your DNA matches more efficiently in groups, rather than as numerous individuals and gain insight about branches into your family tree. And I know many of you have been hoping for a tool like this. Auto clusters is here. Now we'll be talking a little bit more about auto clusters a little bit later in the show because I have Rand Sneer. He is the My Heritage DNA product manager. He's the guy. Okay. And who leads the, the charge on all of these new initiatives. He's going to be here today on the show. We recorded an interview with him at our Genealogy Gems booth in the exhibit hall. That was our grand opening event on Wednesday evening, and we've got it all recorded here for you to hear more of the details from the man himself. So we'll be talking about auto clusters. Now, something else they announced also at RootsTech was their DNA Quest is now accepting applications again. So in March of 2018, just a year ago, they launched DNA Quest. And this was a pro bono initiative where they pledged to donate 15,000 DNA kits to adoptees and those seeking to reunite with family members who were placed up for adoption. Within a few months, all the DNA kits that they had allocated for the initiative were sent out, and the applicants um, shared with them many of their emotional stories of searching, their hopes, their family reunions. They shared this with MyHeritage, and um, you've probably seen some of these stories published out over this last year. My heritage says our hearts rejoiced when some participants of DNA Quest were blessed with the fulfillment of their lifelong dream of reuniting with their family. And of course, we're talking their biological family, correct? Because of course, adoptive families are amazing, wonderful people who really help rescue kids. But I can appreciate that uh, there's so many adoptees who are curious, who want to know who the biological family members are. Well, my heritage says that uh, thanks to the free DNA tests that they gave them, many of them have been able to make those connections. So DNA Quest is the project and new successes, they say, are still occurring as the database grows, which of course is part of this initiative is growing the database so more people can make more matches. And they said, following the success of the initiative, they have decided now to extend DNA Quest and donate 5,000 additional MyHeritage DNA kits for free to eligible participants. So to learn more about that, we also will have a link to their blog post with more information if you want to participate in that. MyHeritage also announced the completion of a five-year project of digitizing every cemetery in Israel. So it's now the first country in the world to have almost all of its gravestones preserved and searchable online with images, locations, and fully transcribed records. And they've put all of this content online for free. So we'll have a link in the show notes for that as well. Congratulations to MyHeritage for accomplishing that project. Also, they've announced that uh, FamilySearch and My Heritage Tree sync. Is now available. Now, this is only to LDS members. So, if you're a member of the LDS Church, uh, you'll want to head to the show notes and get all the details on that. They announced that Genie Jedcom import is now supported again. This has been one of the most uh, requested features on Genie, and they're very excited to make it available to everyone. Now, a Jedcom file is a standard file format. Now, this is used to save, transfer and transport your family tree information, your data. Think of it as kind of the, the generic file format for your family tree database. If you use RootsMagic like I do, then you can you can save your file in a RootsMagic format, but you can also export it in a GEDCOM, making it uh, very usable in many different places. Well, long-time users of Genie may recall that Genie previously allowed users to start a tree using their GEDCOM file so they could export that file out of their database and upload it to Genie. But they disabled that feature in 2011 to avoid duplication of profiles in the world family tree. Well, MyHeritage, of course now, who owns Genie says our new and improved importer has been rewritten to import a few generations at a time, continuing only on branches where there are no matches to existing profiles on Genie. What's more, you can now import a GEDCOM file as a new tree, a new branch if you already have a tree, or onto any existing profile on which you have full permission to edit and add on to. My says no longer will you need to endure the slow process of adding each individual one at a time to the tree. Now, anyone can quickly add trees, which didn't exist before on Genie, saving you valuable time, and allowing you to focus instead on new research. So that is the Genie GEDCOM import. And we'll have a link with all the details to that on our show notes page. And finally, I think one of the most exciting announcements that MyHeritage made at RootsTech is around the theory of family relativity. Uh, this is a brand new feature. MyHeritage considers this a game changer in genetic genealogy. And I think they may be right. They say this unprecedented feature helps you make the most of your DNA matches by incorporating genealogical information from all of their collections of nearly 10 billion historical records and family tree profiles. So the system will offer theories on how you and your DNA matches might be related. Now, if you've taken a MyHeritage DNA test or you've uploaded your DNA results, let's say from Ancestry to MyHeritage, then this technology may offer astounding new information on your family connections. And as I said, Rand Sneer is here today to talk about this and tell you about the details. It's exciting because of the way in which it taps into so many different kinds of records that they already have, and the fact that it really still turns to you as the genealogist to make those final decisions. And that's an important part of this whole process when it comes to these DNA companies offering you these suggestions for who they think your shared ancestor is with a best match. So that is coming up very soon. And those are really the, the top announcements that came out of the big companies at Roots Tech this year. We did make a bit of an announcement at our Genealogy Gems booth. We had two new items this year that we were very excited about. One is the update of my book, The Genealogist's Google Toolbox. Now, it's been a couple of years since the second edition came out. So what I did prior to going to RootsTech was I really combed through the book. And what I discovered was not a lot had actually changed in terms of the tools that are discussed in the book or how I teach you to use them for family history. So content-wise, we really didn't have big changes. But what I did notice was a link here, a link there, a screenshot, the instructions, (laughs) some things had changed. And I don't want anybody struggling with things looking different when they get online to what they're seeing in the book. So what we did was we went comb through it and just got it all up to snuff, got it updated for 2019 so that you'll see accurate links to the videos that we mentioned, uh, the steps along the way working on the various Google tool websites. Um, So this is not, I think if you have the original second edition, you probably don't need the updated version for 2019. But if you've been thinking about getting the book and and felt like, well, maybe I ought to wait, this one is all up to date and ready to go. So I think you can very confidently say, Great time to pick up a copy of it and uh, get to busy making sure that you're maximizing what you can do with all of the various Google tools that are out there uh, with tons of free content that can help you with your family history research. And the other thing that we did, we launched, it was really for fun, was our Genealogy Gem pin. Now, if you have been a longtime listener, you probably want one of these because, gosh, about 10 years ago, we came out with this pin. It was a rhinestone pin. It says Genealogy Gem because you're a gem for being a listener. And um, we carried it for about a year or so. And I've been wanting to get back into jewelry. And you've noticed that we have a brand new line of jewelry on the website We launched about five new pieces in the jewelry line at RootsTech, but this was a special standalone item that we relaunched, and that is our Genealogy Gems pin. It's about two inches wide, so it's not huge. It's not going to be huge on your lapel, but it's in rhinestones. It says Genealogy Gem. It's the perfect thing to wear to your next genealogy conference, seminar, society meeting, or just anywhere where you'd like somebody to ask you about, hmm, you do genealogy? What's that about? I've thought about it, right? You get those questions. This little pin will generate some of those questions. Plus, you'll just show your pride for being a Genealogy Gems podcast listener. You can find the pin in our store. I think we're going to run a sale on it here very quickly. So um, look for that in the Genealogy Gems newsletter. And I'll just tell you very quickly that some of the new jewelry pieces I have um, partnered and designed with my jewelry designer. Uh, I told her I wanted one that is a key. And at the top of the key is a little glass pendant in it. And inside it says, I unlock the past. I love that. (laughs) And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful long chain key that says I unlock the past. I have another one that we've done, which is the charm is a cover of a book, kind of a beautiful ornate book. There's a single page charm that says Keeper of the Family Stories. And the third little charm is a calligraphy pen. And the three hang together on a chain. Oh, it's so true. I love things that, that are beautiful, but also kind of tell our story as the family historian. And, and these are some of them. And we also have the uh, Time for Genealogy pendant, which is just a beautiful, small, simple, round glass pendant that says time for genealogy in a kind of a clock face. And some of these are also available in bracelet styles as well. So I love jewelry, and I know many of you do too. And I just am so excited about getting to kind of express my creative side (laughs) and design some of these pieces that will help share our passion for family history. All right, well, we are going to deviate a little bit from our normal path here at Genealogy Gems, and we're going to skip the mailbox segment, even though I love hearing from all of you. We'll do that again next month. But this month, I have an in-depth interview, as I told you, with my Heritage DNA product manager, Ran Sneer. I know you're going to want to hear this because we're going to really go a little more in-depth into these brand new tools that may help you get more out of your DNA matches. As I travel the world talking about genealogy, folks are always stopping me and asking for my advice on organizing and securing their family history research. And my standard answer is plant your family tree in your own backyard and share branches online. Planting your tree in your own backyard, it means keeping one master family tree in a software file right there on your own computer. That gives you ownership, control of privacy and security and one central place to organize everything that you learn about your family. And of course, my software choice and the one that I use is RootsMagic. I find that its tree building tools are second to none. And with RootsMagic web hints, you can see what record hints are available on FamilySearch, Find My Past and My Heritage. And now you have the ability to synchronize your Roots Magic database with your Ancestry tree and get those Ancestry.com web hints right there inside of Roots Magic. These are features that are really critical and they're exclusive to Roots Magic. So plant your tree today in Roots Magic and watch it grow. Get started at RootsMagic.com. Well, I'm excited to share this interview with Rand Sneer, the product manager for MyHeritage DNA with you um, for a couple of reasons. One, we just love having him on the show. If you are a Genealogy Gems premium e-learning member, then you have uh the entire full-length one-hour class that we did as a webinar with Rand, where he just goes step-by-step through the MyHeritage DNA and your matches. I'm getting the most out of them, really we did that a couple of months ago. So when we looked at who we wanted to have for our grand opening on Wednesday night at at RootsTech at the Genealogy Gems booth, where we were conducting podcast interviews, Ran was really one of the first people that came to mind. Now, one of the issues was I knew they were going to be making some announcements at RootsTech and the theory of relativity was going to be one of them. And while I was familiar with it, I was not allowed to say anything because it had not been officially announced yet. Well, Daniel Horowitz, the folks at MyHeritage are awesome. And somehow they managed to get the announcement out just a little bit early. And that meant that Rand and I were free to talk about it on Wednesday evening. So the audience at our booth were really the, some of the first people to hear about it direct from MyHeritage. So I want to bring that interview to you. Now, this, the scenario here is that at our booth in the past, we have done little mini sessions, classes at the booth where you could sit down and, and spend 20 minutes with us. And you've seen many of those classes recorded and on our Genealogy Gems YouTube channel. This year, some of the time frames that people had at the exhibit hall were a little shorter. So lunchtime was a little bit shorter, and there was 30 minutes between classes. So we decided to kind of mix it up and go back to our roots, which is this podcast. This is my, my baby and my passion. And I really wanted to feature it this year. And I wanted to come away from RootsTech with some terrific audio for you here on the podcast. So we set up a whole new audio system. And folks came and gathered around and stood and watched as we sat under the lights and conducted some really fascinating interviews with some of the top folks in genealogy. This is one of those interviews, and it was the one that we did on the grand opening night. And so without further ado, let's talk to Rand Sneer, the product manager from MyHeritage DNA. Rand, have you done a podcast before?
1: Yes, I've done one right here on Genealogy Gem. About, I don't know, ah, it wasn't a podcast. I was doing a webinar.
0: A webinar, right. yes. Yes.
1: That's not really considered one, right?
0: That's not, no, that's not a podcast. Right. Although sometimes people call them a podcast. And you can do a video podcast, but this is all going to be strictly audio. The webinar was all about getting the most out of my heritage DNA. And um, a lot has been changing. I am so excited because in this episode, you are going to be able to talk about something that's brand new that we weren't sure was going to get launched, but it did. And it's the theory of relativity. I'm surprised. You look like you're pretty awake considering you've been the guy in charge of this thing.
1: Well, we've been working on it for, if we're starting from the beginning, I think we can say pretty much a year that it has been in the works uh, from the concept and idea. And we tried so many different things. And there was so much work around the algorithms and coming up with this unique technique that really, and technology that allows us, to uh, go through, build that big tree concept that we always dreamed of, and be able to go through all of those, connect all the individuals together, uh, so that eventually we'll be able to come up with a theory of family relativity. So it's been a year, an exciting, a very emotional one, <laughs> a lot of changes, a lot of, uh, we try different things, and we've launched it this morning, and I'm like reading online, and just going here in the corridors, people stopping me, telling me how great it is, and how much they love it, so... It was I, all worth it.
0: Absolutely. And you flew all the way out here from Israel, did you not?
1: That is correct.
0: But you did a couple of days ago, so you have no excuses. You're wide awake no, excuse.
1: wide awake. no excuses. Wide awake. I, for some reason, the jet lag is refusing to um, to move away. But we'll give it another day or so, and I'll be back on my phone. Well,
0: feet. I'm thrilled that they brought you all the way out here because this is a really big deal. So let's start from the top. And this is the Genealogy Gems podcast And today, I am so happy that Ran Sneer is here. He is the product manager responsible for MyHeritage DNA products. And you lead a really talented team, uh, Ran, of developers and engineers and designers who create and optimize DNA. And it's really the DNA user's entire journey through the whole process of using it. Rand led the development of the chromosome browser, which everybody was excited about, for shared DNA segments, feature at MyHeritage DNA from concept to product and launch. And today, we yes. get to talk about some exciting launches. And uh, the first one, look at this, Rand. I get to have a picture behind us of the, the theory of family relativity. Tell us about this. You know, I remember somebody saying to me a year or so ago, I've done the DNA testing, but I don't know that I'm going to figure out all this analysis stuff. That's not I'm no scientist. I said, you know, don't worry, because I know the people behind the testing have the technology. It's there. It just has to get harnessed. And that's exactly what you did, isn't it?
1: I think in a way that is correct. I mean, since we've launched... All we want to do is provide our users with the most valuable tools for them to do their genealogy work the proper way and provide them with as many hints, details, information, uh, those kind of pieces of information that can help them when they're working with their DNA results. That's all there is to it. And over the past 20-something years, we've released so many features that we're always looking at... um, there was always the connection between your family tree and the family tree of your DNA match. Yes. That was most of the information that we had to rely on, either the surnames that you share or the places that you uh, both have, the ancestral places that you have. And then a couple of uh, a months ago or a year ago, we sat together and we, say, okay, we said, okay, how can we challenge this? How can we take this to the next level and really present or provide our users with something that's unique and valuable that's taking this to the next level. And we said, we get so many data points at MyHeritage, so many, more than 9.5 billion records, more than 3.3 billion profiles of users in millions and tens of millions of family trees. What if we take all of them and try to build a big tree out of that, connect everything together so that even if the common ancestor, which is eventually what the person wants, when someone takes a DNA test, he's looking at his DNA matches, he's trying to figure out all right, so how am I related to this person? Who is that common ancestor?
0: Exactly. And
1: one of the problems is that neither you know or the other side knows. We see that all the time, especially with this release, because you got to a certain, I don't know, to a certain level of generation, and so did the other side. But what's amazing here is that because we're taking so many data points, each user contributes in a way to your journey. So we're all helping one another learn more about ourselves, which is, really great if you come to think about it and this is what i think we achieved here so in many cases you go through trees you haven't even thought about or records or census records for example and you'll be able to find the common ancestor in a place that you even 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 thought of looking at
0: it's amazing i mean i think about how many people have struggled to find who's my best match (laughs) and then where is the shared ancestor and of course i'm thinking they had the trees right there. You guys already had the data. You had the trees. You had the uh, the records. Now, I got a, a really wonderful opportunity to see it very quickly with Daniel Horowitz. Uh, he walked me through the theory of rel- family relativity and showed it to me on the website. Tell the listener, what can they expect to see? And first question, will everybody see this right out of the gate?
1: <laughs> so... There are a couple of things that need to happen for someone to have a theory, to someone mm-hmm. to start getting with theories. Unfortunately, it's not guaranteed. Obviously, those who haven't built any tree at all, uh, that will be a little bit more problematic because we don't have any individual to start with.
0: You have to have data to begin with. You have to have, connect, to have yes. something. <laughs> In, like,
1: the main problem that we had up till today is that you had to have a very rich family tree with a lot of surnames and places so that we can provide you with this, the best comparison that we could. Now, even if you gave give us two or three of, and it's you and the other side. That's the way it works, right? So if you, if a user has only like three individuals, himself and two parents, but the information is good enough for us to be able to find a smart match or a record match uh, based on the information provided, from there we're like on a different river, right? So even if we start like in uh, one that's small and you know everything's calm, we make that jump to that next tree. And that can be like a whole different journey. So
0: did I hear in that answer that even if the match doesn't have a very far back tree, will my heritage take the leap to then also try to look for records that seem to be in common with what little they have to say we think if you went further back?
1: Yes, so that's exactly what we do.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: How are we doing that? So this is kind of, kind of cool. So let's assume for a second that I'm a new user. I took a DNA test. And I haven't, I started building my tree. I added my mom and my dad and I got tired. I I simply dropped off. All right, so this is all I gave, but I gave my father's birthday. And now there's another tree on my heritage with another person who who holds the same name. And the dates kind of make sense because my aunt, she built it, right? She built that tree and that's a very rich tree. And there we can go three generations up. And then let's say she got tired, but there's another tree. And in that tree, my great-grandparent exists. So what we're doing with the theory of family relativity, and it's really cool when you see it in the eyes, is that we're just jumping from different sources, let's say. So we're starting at your tree that has only three people, but we find the same person in that tree and in another tree, and we make a jump. And then we continue to travel up, to climb up the tree, and then make another jump, and maybe to a census record or uh, some military document that lists connection between people. And we can take another, uh, and then we have another like kind of a, uh, a piece of information to work with. And we jump on and on and on up until we can find a theory. That's exactly why we chose that name. Uh, a theory of family relativity, a suggested explanation how you and your DNA match might be related. Now, it, it's worth mentioning a lot of the data that we rely on and that we provide our users with This is based on user field data. These are real people coming and filling in the information. So you can expect there'll be some mistakes. So we set a couple of thresholds to make sure that we provide information that is accurate enough in our eyes. But we're leaving it up to the user to really go over that and decide for themselves. Is this a quality one? Is this uh, like a good one or a bad one? And there are so many pieces of information within the feature in the screens so that you can see a lot of um, uh, genealogical information bytes and decide for yourself whether the smart match makes sense, the record match makes sense.
0: And really, the genealogist is still front and center in all of this because it's, you're still looking to the genealogist to make the confirmation, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that all of the tools that we provide, I think it takes the fun away. Yeah. Just telling you right away, okay, this is it. <laughs> Some of the fun is doing the genealogy work, you yes, know, and I think that's right? what most of our users love. They love doing that. It makes life much easier if you're just like, this is it. So obviously, if we can tell that and we're saying, here is the ancestor, right? And we're providing all of the possible information that we can. But we will never, I don't think that we will ever be in a certainty level in which we can say, "We're uh, this is it. Like the Holy Grail, we're putting our uh, bets on it. This is what we found. This is the information that we have. What happens actually with this feature is that there's a huge community of millions of users on MyHeritage that are helping one another, breaking brick walls that they've, they've had in their journeys. So this is amazing.
0: Now, I'm thinking we have a bit of a crowd here kind of watching us talk about this. And I would imagine one of the questions might be, not everybody has a really good tree. Yes. Not everyone puts in an accurate tree. And we don't even who knows, there could be some, you know, bozo out there who just decides to have a little fun with everybody and, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) says that Mickey Mouse is their Mm -hmm. third cousin once removed. So how does it deal with that? Because there are times when my heritage will say, you know, you have to look at this because this date doesn't jive with being Mm -hmm. the parent of somebody, right? Mm -hmm. It sees those errors. Mm -hmm. How would this fit into the theory?
1: So we took a lot of these things into consideration when we've built this product. And, for example, we thought about... There are billions of smart matches on my heritage connecting individuals between different trees, which should we rely on? Right. So we started with two things. We said, okay, first of all, all the ones that were manually rejected by users, we're taking them out of the equation. There's no point. If someone came to the site, looked at it and said, this is not the right smart match. All right. That's good enough for me. Someone already helped me make the decision. Yeah. Then we have in our algorithm a way in which we calculate and we're scoring smart and record matches based on the, how much of the information you know, is similar between the two individuals or between the record and the individual so that we can make a decision. And we're getting a different score. So we decided on the minimal threshold. We said, okay, below this, we, l- we looked in the eyes. We looked at millions of theories and millions of smart matches, both manually and automatically. And we said, this doesn't make sense. A John Smith can be any John Smith. If there's no birth date or, or um, a death date and something else to come with it, right. just saying, okay, there's a John Smith here and a John Smith there makes no sense. So we've played a lot uh, with these, and I think that we came up with the right balance of like we want to present users with this information that we can rely on and be confident with and yet not, not take everything away and still give you the option to judge for yourself and decide.
0: I would imagine, have some of you looked at your matches and said, my best matches don't even have a tree, right? And that's a real challenge because I think our goal, Ran, is that we're going to connect with somebody and not only discover that we're related, but we're hoping that they're going to have some information maybe we don't have or they have photographs. I would think that this feature is going to be a wonderful enticement to get all of those new users, Every the millions of kits that were purchased over Black Friday last year, to encourage them to work on the tree, look at their record matches, start building it out a little bit because I think we would all benefit. In what way or do you communicate with the folks who just did the test, got the results, they saw the pie chart, they're done?
1: So this is what's great about being a product manager uh, because you get to experience the journey the users are going through yes. you with them. Of course, one of the one of the things we want to do is Push users, if you'd like, from just taking the test for getting the ethnicity estimate. (laughs) Incentivize is a good word. Uh, And get them to start building their tree and and explain to them what are the benefits and why is it good for them to do that? Like, what more can they learn? And I can tell you that I think that we see, uh, I feel safe saying that we see a very positive trend of people who took the DNA test for just the ethnicity purpose or whatever it is and they're showing more interest these days in starting a family tree or looking at a specific record or those kind of things and I definitely I agree with you that I think that the theory of family relativity which makes life easier for a lot of people because it saves you the trouble of going and researching yourself which is also something that the younger generation I'd say is more fond of yeah. so I think, I think it makes it easier for them and gets them in touch Let's say with the genealogy part.
0: You have had some other announcements. What was some of the other big news that's already coming out of RootsTech?
1: So uh, another thing I spoke about in my lecture earlier today, and we will be releasing that uh, starting tonight probably, and will probably take us a day or so uh, to reach uh, everyone, is that uh, we've launched a new feature, uh, which is called AutoClusters. And this is a great uh, work we've done together uh, with Evert Jan Blom. He's uh, the author uh, behind the Genetic Affairs, a website that was hitting a lot of waves and uh, caused a lot of buzz about uh, three to four or five even months ago. he introduced a new, very cool way to aggregate together, to group together DNA matches uh, using a very, uh, I'd say, sophisticated algorithm. And we looked at that and we are all... we believe that we are listening to our customers and seeing, always trying to see what will bring most value to them. And we saw that and we saw the amount of buzz that it caused and how people loved what they saw. And we said, we should definitely do that and we should definitely do that for Rootstack. And it didn't take long. We got in touch with EJ and worked together with him. We even brought him in to Israel. He worked with us for a couple of days and we did the best we could. And I think the outcome is great. Basically, what this feature does is that you generate it for any of the kits that you manage on MyHeritage. It looks at your DNA matches, and for each one of these DNA matches, the shared DNA matches that you have. And then the algorithm runs in a very smart way, and it can group them together in clusters, which are represented by colors. And that makes it like, so you get groups of DNA matches, and if you can say how one of them is related to you, or if you have a direction or understanding, that probably means that the rest of the DNA matches in the same cluster are also related to you from the same ancestor. It basically takes all of your DNA matches and it breaks them down through what ancestor they are related to you in a very graphical, visual way. Um, So we're very excited about that. Uh, Still not live. We'll be in the next couple (laughs) of hours today. But yeah.
0: I think, you know, there's so many DNA classes at Roots Tech this year. And everybody, uh, a gentleman, one of the first people who walked up to me uh, when we first got here, and he said... I've tested with several companies and I still don't know what I'm looking at. And I don't think I, you know, I haven't really found anybody. And, um, I just get the feeling that you're, you're finally getting that chance to take a breather and use the technology because you guys really are a tech company. I mean, one thing my heritage does is the engine behind all this data and you're really helping automate it. Do you anticipate that this is going to make it easier for, the layperson, the person who doesn't want to become the genetic genealogist, who just wants to better understand what they're looking at, is it going to bring more people into it because you're really making it accessible?
1: I th- yeah, I hope so, for sure. Yeah. And I think so. There are various levels of expertise, I'd say, or different types of users. As we mentioned before, some are buying the kit as a Christmas gift. Uh, they're interested in the ethnicity, and that's pretty much their interaction with the product. And there are some who are doing hardcore genealogy work, which is great. Uh, and both users, these guys, right? <laughs> and we, we love all we, we love everyone. We love everyone who's using our product and we're trying to explain. And it's fine. Every user has different tastes and different uh, things that he's interested in. And we cannot ignore that uh, as a product manager. That's my personal belief. We need to make sure that we explain to the user what are these things. A lot of them are not familiar with the concept of family trees or historical records because they haven't heard of that. So we need to find the right time and the right phrasing and the right way to pitch it and explain to the user what are the benefits, and they'll might be interested. And we see that a lot. We try different things, and we can see that different different people are interested in different stuff. Makes sense. But overall, I think that whoever is interested in that, that'll be great. Trying to push someone, you know, like above like its own uh, interests, it'll just eventually end up with a very, I'll say, um, inaccurate tree right. or some details that it'll just put in just to pass that. Step in the way, so it's a it's a lot of balance.
0: How do you find out what these thousands of people who are milling around RitzTech what they want? Do you do user focus groups? And you know, because I I can imagine here you are launching some of these new tools, but I can just see the wheels are turning, and I'm sure there's other ones that you've got in the hopper. How do you decide what goes into the funnel and gets worked on?
1: So we have a, a backlog of thousands of items (laughs) that uh, I I would really like to see tomorrow in the product. Yes, Uh, we would too. uh, Yeah. Thank you. In between a thousand to tens of thousands of things I'd like to do tomorrow, if possible, but we're limited with resources, obviously, and we need to decide exactly what we want to work on. A huge part of that decision is what will, what, what do the users want that, to be completely honest that that's one of the most important factors because if i'll be building products that nobody's want to use or like doesn't bring value then i missed it i didn't do uh, my job right so we're very active uh on social media we're very we're in touch with tons of genealogists we have a special my heritage friends program in which we keep in touch uh with a lot of the industry leaders. And we see the trends, we follow the trends like we did now with the auto clusters. That's a good example, I think. So we saw that there's a huge trend and a lot of people are paying a lot of attention and love what they see. And that was very. That was a very d- easy decision for us. It's like, sure, we need to do that. We know we need to do that. It'll make a lot of our uh, users happy. And that's what we're here for at the end of the day. Users happy make us happy. So
0: That's awesome. So before the conference is over. Uh, You're going to have a keynote presentation a little bit later in the week. Can they expect to hear another announcement?
1: I'm sure there will be.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be nice?
1: (laughs) They never tell me anything, but I'm sure there will be. They
0: don't tell you. They just make you work on it all night long and all day long, I know. Any questions for Ram? This is, yes. Okay, so if somebody has not yet done the MyHeritage DNA, but they've done others and they want to port them across the raw data. Will these updates work with the raw data that we're porting across, or do we have to do a MyOdigDNA in order to take advantage of these?
1: So uh, all of the features are available. We're not uh, differentiating between which user gets w- to use which feature. There are differences in the pricing. Some of the features are, uh, require a subscription or a one-time payment. And there are some differences, but all of the things that we introduced today will be available both for those who have uploaded the kit or have purchased the kit, paid or not depends on the type of user.
0: And raw data, that is something that not everybody, I think, realizes that they can do is um, if you have tested somewhere, you can download it. If you test with MyHeritage, can you download your raw data?
1: So if you've tested with another company, uh, you can export your raw DNA data. All companies uh, support that today, and you can upload that to MyHeritage. Uh, the upload is for free. You're getting a certain set of features that you can use for free, and some of the more advanced tools will require an additional payment. But we support today all the various companies that are presenting right here. So if you've taken a DNA test with them, feel free uh, to upload to us.
0: Excellent. Did you, have a question? Us. Did you have a question?
1: So the question was, all of the companies have different databases size, and will there be a day in which there will be one consolidated uh, database for all the companies and the competition will be around the tools that we provide and less about the size of the database. To be honest, I think the perfect answer will be to, I think that this is what JetMatch wanted when yeah. they started. Providing everyone the option to upload to one centralized location. At MyHeritage, we're doing the same thing. So everyone can upload to MyHeritage. I find it really hard to believe that uh, the five companies, the five big companies will get together. Uh, as, far, as much as this, this sounds fun, uh, wishful thinking, <laughs> right uh, perfectly get
0: but them. not all of them allow upload that is correct and so it's a real benefit i think that you can upload your raw data into MyHeritage. start but got to build your tree
1: too right one of the got greatest it. thing is that exactly what you said because we we allow the option to upload from other vendors actually this is how we started before we even started selling our own kit and the most amazing stories are the ones who have taken a test with one company or the other uploaded to my heritage and found a distant relative that they didn't even think of looking they couldn't find him in any other database. So, these are the, for me these are like I love those stories.
0: I think one of my my favorite things about my heritage that I will always warm my heart is that it was the first time I ever made contact with a live living relative in Germany. Wow. You know, and I've had my database going way back. Uh, I certainly have met relatives here in the US, but to finally get a German individual you know and he was as thrilled as, as i was you know that, that it was an american because my great-grandmother had immigrated from germany in 1910 and it just wasn't that long ago but that was the first time that's amazing that somebody like that and it's because of that international base that you have
1: i spoke about last root stack uh i think one of the bigger advantages of my heritage when we started we decided to translate our platform into 42 different languages so you'd be surprised of how m- much people are reluctant to use applications out of the U.S. who are not translated to English. Mm-hmm. It's just a bigger struggle for them, especially when it comes to, to terms like segments and centimorgans, <laughs> and, right? So
0: Some of us are still struggling with uh, segments yeah. and centimorgans exactly. and SNPs. Exactly,
1: so think of someone whose English is not his native tongue or is not fluent with English. For them, it's much more difficult, right? So I think that one of the The things that work best for us is the fact that we have translated. So our site is fully translated into German or Dutch or Norwegian or Danish. And that's the reason why we get so many people from these countries who are buying our kit. And we see our database grows in in these these countries in Europe. And I said it last year, I fully believe that. It's very exciting to get a DNA match in the U.S. Believe me, as Lisa said, it's way more exciting to get a DNA match who lives in the country where your ancestors lived in. And uh, So, yes, we get those a lot, and we're so happy about this.
0: I'm feeling pretty impressed that you're as smart as you are about DNA, and you're talking about it in a language that's not your native language. That's that's getting a little uppity, don't you think?
1: Ah, uh, yes. You know, I because I'm still
0: working on English and talking about this, and I don't know.
1: I'm impressed these people are still, n- have not ran away because of my Hebrew accent. <laughs> no! <is like>
0: a- <laughs> They're they're all like he's still awake. He's Look still at that. Ride. He was how it's long like was the plane a. M. ride? It's
1: four a.m. my time. Yeah.
0: Well, how long is the flight from Israel?
1: It really depends on where you go through. If you go through New York, it's twelve hours, and then I don't know four more hours here. San Francisco is sixteen hours, and mm-hmm. then three more hours. But I love those.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You love it, huh? Yeah. All right. I sleep. Well, you guys, this is your chance. So we have just another couple minutes, and Ran is the product developer. He is the product manager of MyHeritage DNA. Anybody else got a question for him on any of the new things that you've been hearing? Or, yes?
1: You heard a rumor that MyHeritage bought, My bought genetic affairs. So oh. EJ, where did you go? He was right here. Uh, no, we haven't bought them. We haven't bought Genetic Affairs. I did mention that for the AutoClusters feature that we just released, we worked together with EJ Evert Jan Blum, who is the author behind Genetic Affairs, he's the owner of Genetic Affairs, and we've collaborated with him, MyHeritage. So we, we, we've known each other very well for the past couple of months (laughs) working on that. Uh, but no, we haven't acquired him.
0: And yes. You know, Rand. she's asking the question about the postage stamps. And when I was in Oslo, and as you were in Oslo, Norway, in November at the first My Heritage live conference, Gilad, your CEO, was talking about that. So address that because it's a fascinating subject.
1: So yes. for those who don't know, this is a, a new technology emerging that will allow us uh, to take uh, stamps and envelopes and using the DNA of the person who uh, used those envelopes and stamps, we'll be able to recreate it and have a virtual it's a, its a virtual kit or a DNA kit online that you can use for DNA matching or ethnicity estimate. And we're working on that, uh, as Gilad mentioned in November. There's a lot of obstacles. This is very new, and it'll, it's taking more time than we initially hoped it would. But we're very much, we're super excited about that. and um, Well, he has we'll well a lot of motivation because about, we will.
0: he has letters and important documents and things. He's dying to get the DNA off the stamps. And I know people ask oftentimes, you know, can I give hair? Can I send in my grandma's comb? You know, it, I, I suppose there are probably testing companies out there that do that, but I bet it's very expensive.
1: Yes. So I think there are two things. One, have a working technology that's, that does that in a sufficient quality to be used for genealogy. Yes. That's also important. If you'll take, for example, DNA from a stamp and you end up with 1,000 SNPs that you were able to read from that, that's not really valuable for doing genealogy work, maybe for something else. Uh, so one is make progress with that. Make, uh, and the second one is make it so that it's, the price is appealing for the end user. Because if it's going to be in the thousands of dollars, uh, very few are going to use it. Yeah. So. But DNA started very expensive. It and did. Remember like the days the number one uh, Christmas gift or uh, Black Friday gift so.
0: And the price came down. We the we price loved goes it. Down. Making it more and more accessible. You are making DNA results and understanding your matches more and more accessible. Thank you. We've been talking about the the theory of relativity, which I think is, is very exciting and we're going to keep our eyes on you and what you're doing. But thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. My it's pleasure. just a pleasure to meet with you again. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you again to Ram for being here uh, on the podcast, for joining us in person at Tech. We've got great resources for you in the Genealogy Gems podcast episode 227 show notes. You'll find those in your podcast app we always have a link to a downloadable version in the Genealogy Gems podcast app. If you're not using it, I highly recommend that's the way to listen to the show. And of course, we'll have them at genealogygems.com. Click on podcasts, and then navigate to episode 227. sponsor for this episode is MyHeritage. They have over 70 million members worldwide. Now, if you're serious about making connections in the country where your ancestors once lived, hands down, MyHeritage is the place that you want to be. I uploaded my family tree hoping for a breakthrough in my German family line, and that breakthrough happened really quickly. I received a message from a distant cousin in Germany, and that was my first international cousin contact. And MyHeritage has a unique and powerful search system. It's called Record Matches. Now this constantly calls over 8 billion historical records for your family. It's also the only family history interface out there using semantic analysis to search newspaper articles, books, and other free text documents. So find out what MyHeritage can do to help you grow your family tree. Visit myheritage.com. It's free to get started, so there's really no reason to wait. And there are billions of reasons to try it out. Visit MyHeritage.com. Well, the hour has flown by. You are totally up to speed on what happened at RootsTech and all of the different tools and records that are now available to you online. Uh, I hope you had a great time. I certainly did. I'm always grateful that you joined me here at the Genealogy Gems podcast. Thank you so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.